0: If you've been interested in elevating your business in order to increase revenue, listen now to find out more. This is Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with Kieran Sweeney. Each week, Kieran speaks to home-based entrepreneurs, celebrity entrepreneurs, and others who are influential in their industries. Now, here is your host, Kieran Sweeney.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to the show. This is Kieran Sweeney, and we're going to have uh, another amazing, dynamic show. Each week, we're bringing you some uh, really Interesting uh, out there, entrepreneurs who are uh, making it happen. People that really get the results. I mean, you you, you hear a lot of stuff on the internet today and promotion and you know, it certainly raises skepticism. and And I'm certainly uh, aware of all that. Uh, but there's also people out there that are doing the real thing, and the, and it's it's kind of when you filter down and you find those people that are really making it happen for other entrepreneurs, teaching authentically the real results they've gotten, and uh, just teaching us how to do it. So in a few moments, we're going to bring on a guest who's uh, uh, created over $1.2 billion in sales f- collectively for all of his uh, clients. Uh, that number's probably gone up since I read about it, but we'll get a validation on that. But uh, anyway, uh, so what this show is about is a, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a home-based entrepreneur, if you're a coach, a consultant, or if you're a, a CEO, executive, we're bringing you the the latest and the greatest of what's happening in the business world in terms of how to influence better, how to influence uh, people around you, how to influence your, your, your clients, how to influence prospects to bring them in, bring them on as clients. And the, what, the most critical thing in, in in business today is really, you know, what are the skill sets you're developing? Are you uh, are you publishing? Are you uh, uh, really got your social sites humming? Uh, I mean, that's where the action is. That's where that's where people are. So you got to find them there through the the major social sites. And and you know, social sites are actually. More powerful when you post personal stuff. If you're over posting with business, you're gonna blow it because people. Will, you build the relationship differently today, and it's it, it's done by posting and personal stuff. In fact, the 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 things that get the most likes today. Our, our children pets um, uh, funny things like I just posted a, uh, a picture of myself with a, a, a blonde afro wig and you know I think I got like 150 likes so that's how you build the engagement and then you know on LinkedIn it's a little bit more business focused so you can get a little bit more business uh, focus in that area but you want to be offering content lots of content video content uh, written content give people information that uh, helps to elevate your level of credibility. Next is public speaking. This is my favorite to teach. I teach a a course in public speaking, and it's like you must be able to communicate today more than ever because you can't hide your voice anymore. You can't hide yourself because uh, online is now driven by video. So we, we want to become better communicators, uh, better visually uh, comfortable speaking. And when you when you can actually stand on a stage or stand in front of a room and communicate and move people, it just elevates your game to a whole different level. So learn to be a public speaker and master that. And, and don't, you know, everyone has the fear. I had the fear. You know, my guest today, he probably had the fear at some point. Everyone feared it. Uh, uh but they, they like anything you just train and you master it and you practice it just takes practice and you know the funny thing too about speaking is um i was t- i was talking to a couple ladies last night about this uh cuz they want to um train with me and and they were saying i can i can't do it i'm just so nervous i do it, and and i say look i still get nervous when i get on stage I've got some nervous energy, but I channel that nervous energy into excitement and I I, I utilize it for my advantage. So, you know, I've done over like a thousand talks publicly and I'm I still get a little nervous. So so it's really important that you master that skill and and just become a great communicator. So today we're going to talk to John Benson. Now, John is a... Now, talk about elevating your game and becoming an expert in authority in something. You know, I'm sure he's spent a lot of time researching, finessing, developing, and, you know, he's going to tell us his story in in terms of how he worked in in copywriting and building video sales letters. And, you know, the video sales letter, are kind of the the common tool being used right now to market on the internet. So we're very fortunate today to have one of the global experts in this area. And uh, I actually personally met John recently at a birthday dinner and I've heard of him and never knew knew him personally. he's he's I've actually probably been in the same rooms with him at times, but I never knew him personally. but uh, it, it was funny. It was just like he comes into the dinner and he sits down right on my left side. and we just, boom, the universe delivered another celebrity business guy to me. So it's great. So, and, you know, part of it also is like hanging out with influencers. So when you hang out with influencers, you meet other influencers. So uh, that's important to do that. So, John, welcome to Key Entrepreneurs of Influence. You've certainly made a mark in the industry. And uh, why don't you just say hello and just, you know, in your most humble self, tell us who you are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kieran. I appreciate it, man. Um, Well, I'm John Benson, and I am pretty much known in the internet marketing world as the guy that created the video sales letter. I started that form of marketing back in 2006 and 2007 were the two big years for that. And it was a creation by accident. It was not a a purposeful design. I did not sit out and go, hey, I have a genius idea. It's going to go like this. It was completely a fluke. But, uh, you know, they say luck favors the or chance favors the prepared mind, rather. So I guess that's kind of the way this this pulled out because i had been studying marketing uh, to market my own fitness products, which is how I started. I started in, in this crazy world by writing a passion book called Fit Over 40 when I was just about to turn 40 and got lucky with, again, uh, I think luck is a big part of this, <laughs> not to dismay anyone, but I think you have to be prepared for the luck. So when I say luck is a big part of it, um, it, you know the universe tends to work on chance, but then again, the more prepared that you are for that chance to land in the right place, the better off you're going to be without fail. And I've n- noticed that throughout my entire career. But anyway, I had written, started writing Fit Over Forty without any sort of audience, without any kind of well, I had a small like web following, but it was before blogs, so this dates you, you know, and. I just had—I just knew that it was going to be a good book. I had it on a bucket list to write a book. Every—I'm pretty sure almost everyone has that on their bucket list, or a lot of people do. And this was something I was passionate about because when I was in my early 30s, I was obese. I had a heart attack. I, there was a lot of crazy things that went through my my life in a health health wise and. And I wanted to write about that and write about how I transitioned out of it by returning to the my high school and collegiate days of being an athlete, but more importantly, how I modified my diet and 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 changed the principles that were necessary to be fit past the age of forty. But I wanted to I so to do that. I didn't write the book about myself. I just wrote I wrote the book primarily about fifty two other people that were between the ages of forty and ninety, and how they, transform themselves and kept themselves fit over throughout the generations or the, the the decades rather that people believe that fitness is not part of the equation. So I, I you know, it's the whole book was about role modeling and I just found a, a friend of mine on online. Uh, we became friends simply because I was writing good content and he had emailed me going, Hey, I, I really love this article that you wrote on an old trainer named Vince Gironda. I wrote an article about it and I go, and he goes. I've got some myself, and so I started reading his articles, and it was like, hey, this is really great. You know, kindred spirit. I had no idea. I was talking to Tom Penuto, who was the largest guy in the fitness industry at the time online. I didn't even know what online marketing really was. I was a graphic designer, so a musician. I was an artist. You know, I was just this guy designing and playing music and 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 writing right in my spare time. So, about six months later, we met in New York. And walking down the street, we had a we had a book deal. And he said he'd do the marketing. I would do the writing and it was a 50-50 split, which looking back, that was insane. If you ever get an offer like that, take it. (laughs) And we have joked about that many times, many, many times. He goes, man, that was an insane proposition on my part. Because, you know, he told me, you're going to quit your job. You're just going to walk away from your job when this book goes live. And I was like, there's just no way. I mean, and when he sent over the first draft of the sales copy, I looked at it and went, who the hell is this guy? I don't even know who you're talking about here, man. It's like he wasn't lying. It was just the sales copy. It was so, you know, it was so exaggerated. It was so, I said, man, this is written like you're, like I'm in the fifth grade. He goes, yeah, that's the whole goal. I, I wanted to write like like you know you're reading at a fifth grade level and and none of it jive with me I was like it's 6 thousand words long who's gonna read this thing the same questions everyone asks today mm-hmm. who's gonna watch a 50minute video sales letter I, I get that question every single time I speak um, apparently a lot of people otherwise it wouldn't do 13 14 billion dollars a year in in, in, the, in the global marketplace right so anyway the the, the book came out and He was joking with me, you're going to walk away from your job. And I was making a a low six-figure salary, which I'd worked my butt off for the last 12, 14 years to build this business. And I thought there's just no way. I, I drive a Porsche. <laughs> I kid you not. That's what was going through my mind. And I did drive a Porsche that I was, of course, paying out the nose through barely paying for every month. But I, <laughs> it was it was on the bucket list. I wanted to drive a Porsche, so I managed to get one. And anyway, uh, literally a day and a half into the deal, I literally walked away from my small company. I handed the keys to my 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 VP and said, "It's all yours." And it never looked back. So
1: that's uh, so how
2: that's how I got there. <clears throat>
1: Well, that's amazing because like a lot of people don't make a lot of money on books. You know, the book is is today books are considered to be you know a marketing brochure. It's it's a way right. to get you uh, out there to get some publicity, to get some media, to get on speaking stages. So so you actually hit the home run with the book because it was marketed very well and very effectively. Is that true?
2: Uh, yes, we had. Fantastic line of people promoting it. This is back in the day where affiliate marketing was still in the Wild West. And, you know, we're talking, I had 150 affiliates, none of which I knew. I don't know if anyone knew. And Tom knew them all. So Tom gets all the credit for that. And Tom wrote the letter. It's when the second book came out when I wanted to do this for my, my career. And I wanted to write a book that was more for the masses because I didn't want to be pigeonholed into the guy that's talking about geriatric fitness because I was a very young 40 and just didn't want, I didn't have that in my mind. I had like, you know, I want to write books and go on Oprah kind of thing. And my second book, which ended up doing much better than my uh, first one, I couldn't market it at first to save my life because I didn't have that skill. I thought if I can write a book, you know, surely I can write this sales copy. It's kind of the sales copies way underneath a uh, quote unquote writer. It's like, yeah. little did I know that that was not true. And yeah, I, I tried and tried and it, it just didn't work at all. It just, it was, it was bombing. I was like, man, is you know, how do you make this, how do you, how do you get this to work? And so I never read a book on copywriting. I never studied a copywriter I ne- except for Tom. Uh, I never even really dissected that letter very well. I just, I was kind of going on my own uh, flight path and, that's how the video sales letter came about. I said, I was just thinking out loud. I said, what, you know, what's the problem with writing these documents? It tends to be they're kind of long, right? They're very you know, sprawling documents. And cool. so I thought, well, what would happen if, you know, a friend of mine sent me over a PowerPoint presentation that a guy was using kind of as a, it was a kind of a webinar. This is before webinars too. Uh, and kind of a video sales letter and sort of a PowerPoint, all combined. And I looked at it and I got the idea. I said, well, it's interesting because he's doing like, He's doing, you know, all these bullet points on a slide. I said, when you do a PowerPoint presentation, which I had done one before, it, you, you tend to have to think one slide at a time. And then I started just thinking, well, what if I just did one slide at a time, but used NLP and used what I was uh, studied in college, which was, I, I uh, just happened to be a fan of guys like Bandler and Tony Robbins and other guys that used NLP. And so I studied that stuff and minored in psychology. So I said, what if I put it all together? And made certain words read and created this hypnotic pattern and all this stuff and wrote it slide by slide. I wonder how my writing would improve. But that forced me into writing in a certain way. That was the birth of the video sales letter. It forced me to think in terms of pattern interrupts and, and going into all sorts of few, you know, future pacing. And all the stuff that we knew from NLP that wasn't so readily apparent when you're looking at a, a blank screen and you're having to create a story. So that first video sales letter that I did was like five minutes long and it was a test and it sold six times the number of books that anything else I was doing on YouTube was doing. And this was, again, this is dating me seriously, but this was back when no one was selling anything on YouTube. I mean, it was practically unheard of. Uh, YouTube was like, I remember the talk at marketing conferences, is YouTube ever going to be good for selling anything? Nah, you know, same thing, you know, do you think you'll ever use the internet to purchase groceries? Nah, you know, I I just remember these conversations like they were yesterday, right? Um, but so if I would have stayed on YouTube, it would have probably been a good thing, but no one was doing fitness on YouTube. No one was selling that much on YouTube back then. And I just used it to sell to my own list. And so I was using these videos, just shooting videos like you do, you know, just standing in front of a camera. I thought, you know, what if I took me out of the camera? And the only reason I did take me out of the camera for this particular script was because I'm a football fan and I play football. And and my beloved Dallas Cowboys were in the playoffs that year. And I didn't shave for the week before the playoff game. It's kind of a silly superstition we football players tend to do. And... Hey, it was Saturday so the game's on Sunday so I look like a vagrant I totally I totally look like a guy that just you know lost his home and was struck was scrounging for dollars in the street corner. I don't look cool when I'm not shaving. Some people do but it's not me. So I thought yeah, know I'm not going on camera like this so I decided to just well I'll speak the words. I'll speak the words that I wrote and and that's how it all came about. So it just it was a, it was fortuitous to say the least but ended up being a method of marketing that I've taught to everyone from Ryan Dice to Perry Marshall to Frank Kern to, and written for those guys, um, except for Perry. But you know, so it's been a a switch of fate in the careers because when every other day died, the second book did take off, and took off in such a big way that you know finally I was seeing some of the sales that my buddies were seeing that were buying all this traffic because I had people buying traffic for me. I thought, well, this is it. I mean, there's, you know, you're set. You're, you're now. You're just gonna, you're gonna make millions of dollars a month, and you're just gonna sit back and just, it's gonna be over. And literally within, so it was about six or eight weeks. Google slapped everyone in the fitness industry uh, because of the acai Berry guys that were doing all the scammy stuff. And right, and literally all my friends, including myself, went right out, right under the tubes. Man, it's like it was terrible. And I took that time. Uh, unlike my friend Mike Gary, uh, who took the time to. Master banner ad marketing and all sorts of things that he's become a genius at, um, and this this mysterious thing we we call YouTube marketing and Facebook this this weird thing that no one was making money on back then. Again, no one making money on Facebook or very few people. Certainly not in the fitness world. So my guys were the, my friends were the first people to do that. I decided not to do that. I, I I thought that was boring even though it was lucrative. I went into teaching how to do this video sales letter thing and. Mm. Got to be known as, you know, in some people's eyes, you know, one of the top copywriters out there. And that's a compliment that I don't take lightly because I never tried to be a copywriter. I've never studied a great deal of copy until well after I was known. And even then, I, did, I don't study a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Not because it... Of an arrogant thing. It's just that, that what intrigues me more about copy is the psychology and persuasion, which yeah. I have studied for years. And so yeah. I talk more about that. And I would be a much better copywriter, without doubt, if I if if I studied my friends' writings more than I do. The John Carlton's of the world, or David Deutsch's, and uh, you know, Paris Perinoff. If I studied those guys as much as I hang out with them, it'd be better. Uh, but I learn from them and kind of absorb it, and then take it from there.
1: Yeah, well, the, the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I just actually I just recorded uh, VSL uh, last week. So, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it is the simplicity of it and the the whole emotional triggers and all that. I understand all that. And and so we uh, we were like playing around with different things and and I, even on stage when I was selling on stage, you know, the scripts are so well written to influence and to move people into action and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, for me, it's it's also, you know, I just want people to really feel that they're getting... They're getting what a what the promise is. I, it's it's the the over-promise under underdeliver is is what concerns me. But you know, but what happens if, if you do a really good job in promoting something and it does get the results, then it's the it's the third party uh, evidentiary proof, the third party testimonies that's going to drive it. So we're going to come back in about a, a, a just after a few minutes, guys. We're going to have a little break here, and John's going to tell us a little bit more. Let's delve more into the psychology of the sales letter because that's what I find fascinating. And, and also the keep it simple. And, and that's what really works. So this is Kieran Sweeney. I've got John Benson on today, who's the creator of the video sales letter. And uh, we're uh, really uh, fortunate to have him. So we're going to keep going here learn some more. And uh, we'll be right back.
0: Are you challenged in business? Want to double your revenues? Want to work less and earn more? Breakthrough 90 Coaching by Kiran Sweeney is a unique accelerated process that guides entrepreneurs on creating seven-figure revenue businesses. Contact Kiran at bt90coaching.com or visit our website at bt90coaching.com. You may also call 778-888-5837 right now. Break through the barriers of mediocrity and create the success you deserve.
2: Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America
0: Variety Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with Kieran Sweeney. To call into today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or feel free to send an email to Kieron. That's K-I-E-R-O-N at KieronSweeney.com. Now, back to Key Entrepreneurs of Influence.
1: And welcome back. This is Kieran Swinney with Key Entrepreneurs of Influence, and uh, we certainly have an influencer on today because he's he basically birthed the uh, video sales letter industry, so if you're familiar with internet marketing, you've probably watched a video sales letter, and whoever Wrote that video sales letter was probably in some way either directly or or indirectly influenced and taught by the work that uh, John Benson has done, uh, being the creator of the video sales letter in the industry. So we're going to delve more into that. So John, what is the uh, let, let's talk about the psychology? This is what I love about. So I, I like the psychology of sales. I love you utilizing emotional triggers to move people into action. Um, I I always I the only concerns I have about the way mar- some marketing is done is the you know, the the false limiters and and the it overselling and under under delivering. So when when you do a video sales letter, uh, how how do you work to keep it real, authentic? true and that the person provided they do the work. I know a lot of people buy and don't do it, but but you know that's their that's what they have to work on I guess. But mm-hmm. uh but what is the 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 foundation of the video sales letter script that really elevates people to say, "You know what? I want that."
2: Well, okay, listen. The foundation is exactly what I just did. And everyone listening to me right now, all of a sudden, had a little shift in their brain because I just listen, I just said one word: "Listen." Ooh. If you pay attention in the next few minutes, I really want you to listen to what I have to say. Because look, when you see what I'm about to deliver to you today, this is going to. Do you see what I'm doing here? Yeah, and I'm I get it. rattling this off the top of my head. Now I just used four of the most powerful NLP command terms that you could possibly use, and I used them all in the first two sentences. Of it, just off the top of my head. So, nothing that I said in those two sentences could, uh, it, you know, you'd have to go to the, the stretches of credulity to, to make anything that I just said unethical or or uh, cheesy or markety or whatever. All I'm using is language. And so, before I go into, like, the techniques and how I, you know, when you say false limiters, I believe you're, you're referring to false scarcity, but I'm not sure. So
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: yes, yeah, some people use that term in the NLP sense, but... Let me go to speak to the psychology of why you should be selling in the first place. Is okay. that cool? That's because good. Because this this really underpins every single thing that I talk about inside video sales letters or any any kind of copywriting. Um, so this is going to bend some paradigms, and just be open to what I'm about to say. <laughs> you okay. may completely disagree with it, but at least open your mind if you can to what I'm about to say. I believe. And teach that it is unethical for you not to sell to the greatest extent that you can. Unethical. It's the exact opposite of what most people knee jerk and react to, which is, I hear this all the time. I, man, I, I want to do better. I want to sell more product, but I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound salesy. I don't want to, oh, you know, it's just kind of, eh, it's kind of grimy. It's a, you know, that kind of thing. And I hear this all the time, and so I ask the same question. I go, "What's the last thing you bought?" And invariably, they'll say something. Like, well, I went to the groceries in the store. I go, "Okay, great. Okay, why did you select that particular brand?" And very much like someone that's got a split brain, you know, where they've got where their their left hemisphere is disengaged, and they're trying to <laughs> they they're trying to visualize something they can't visualize. It they really don't know how to answer that question unless the, until the, I'll drill down until they do. Eventually, at some point. The answer to that question is because someone told me or convinced me or compelled me to believe that this was better than the other. I go, are you glad they did? Do you walk into that store and you buy whatever it is and go, man, a cheesy freaking salesman. No, you don't. Your whole home is filled with stuff that you bought because somebody told you on some level that you could resonate with that this is the best thing for you in this particular area so my point is and this is it comes with a huge caveat the huge caveat is that you have a product that doesn't suck that's imperative if your product is something that you truly believe in and that can truly help other people by not selling it to them you are doing a highly unethical thing and so the argument back is well why don't you just give it to them because we know from multiple studies that when you give something to somebody, there is literally no transactional skin in the game in, in your prefrontal cortex. There's not, the, the 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 mechanisms, the neurology that has to happen doesn't happen. A free gift does not equate in your brain to something that you've had to go out and chase down and kill with a spear. It just doesn't. And this goes all the way back to to, evol- to evolutionary patterns. When meat was given to people versus meat that was earned, those people became slack, lazy, and died earlier. I mean this so this is hardwired into our brain. Hardwired to go out and hunt and kill. okay? In other words, we have to earn earn our keep. That is very much hardwired into human DNA. So with that said, that our modern day version of that is pulling out your credit card and purchasing something. I have to take an action in order to get something in return. If I don't, that goes into branches of entitlement. Okay, or, And we've seen through culture, through societies, what sheer entitlement does to the human spirit. Does it uplift it? No. Only a small dose is uplifted. Charity uplifts only to a point. And at that point, if responsibility does not take over, the human being dies. The spirit withers away. The same is true for everything that we do. So if you're not asking a fair market price, for your product or service, no way will you get the person that you're, you're selling it to, to respond to it. And we know this from, again, from the psychology of price testing, when $17 is beaten by $27, not just in, in, in total dollar sales, which you might expect, but in total number of sales, which you wouldn't expect. Why is that? Why would people willingly pay more for something perceived value? Right? Right. So you have a perceived value. So if you're not banging in on all those cylinders with perceived value, i.e. you have to make your 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 product worth worth selling a a price that your, your your customer will resonate with and not giving it away for free and therefore you must sell it because you're not giving it away for free to the best of your ability. You are actually acting in a state of unethics, disethics, whatever you want to call it. So that is my you're acting unethical. I'm going to get this out one way or the other. And that's a paradigm shift for a lot of people because a lot of people have grown up believing that marketing and selling are the first of all the same thing. They're not. Uh, second of all, that that selling is evil. That something there's something about selling is evil. Uh, you know. So so, Karen, what, what is the oldest profession? Ooh. Can you say it on this
1: radio? I have no idea.
2: Probably.
1: <laughs> that's an old saying. Well, so I don't know. Oldest profession. Teaching, uh, I guess. Prostitution. <laughs> prostitution. That's yeah. selling.
2: Exactly, but it's not the oldest profession because <laughs> it had to be marketed first. Right. So, so the oldest profession is actually selling. Uh, so, there Maybe that's an American joke, you know. But it is true. The oldest, you know, they say it's the oldest profession. Uh, I made a whole video sales that are around this 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 concept. So, so laying the groundwork for that, that. That I believe that selling something that is valuable is one of the most ethical things that you can do. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not being to the point of being altruistic or you going into you know saving the third world nations from starving to death. I think that is far more ethical. Uh, but in the situation of what we do for a living, this is a very ethical thing to do. And it is unethical not to do it. So with that context in mind, uh, that leads us into the psychology of how to do it. Right. So in order to sell something to somebody that you believe that is good for them. And it's good for you because we know that every society that, that has ever sustained itself has some form of free market capitalism. Um, if you're, you're working on these, these premises, then there are four different states that you must speak to. And I call these states persuasion triggers. OK, the persuasion triggers are actually words and phrases that fire off these states, that trigger these states into action. And these states are wants, needs, fears and actions. Those are the four mechanisms in the brain that, that I feel compel people to make any decision, buy something, go somewhere, do something, whatever action that you want them to take it is propelled by one of, the, one of those four states of, of mind. So those four states must be addressed, and they must be addressed in the way that um, you can address these all, all four without any sense of exaggeration Without any sense, certainly without lying, and so this is going to address your point. I believe where you're wanting to get at. How do you do this without? If I can just be so curt with 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 rephrasing your question, how do you do this without lying? How do you do this without you know exaggeration? You d- you don't need to exaggerate. All, all you need to do is understand the mechanisms of wants, fears, pleasures, uh, wants, fears, uh, needs, and and actions in order to do that and I can dissect each of those four for you and 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 talk about how to trigger off uh, what phrases and mechanisms we use to trigger that so let's do it well the very first thing you must you must do is put yourself put your prospect mind in a state where they can receive those be open to it being um, spoken to that the parts of the brain being spoken to so once needs fear uh, uh, actions those are not different sections of the brain they're just different modes of influence and, and you might think well action isn't that, that isn't that like an uh, a process? Isn't that something that is a result of influence? Yes. But you also need to get uh, micro commitments and triggers in the brain. You need to get somebody to do anything, whether it's to raise their hand, etc. These are all actions. Okay. And action will also be obviously click the buy button. So let's get to the, the, to how you set someone's mind into that state. You do it through induction, through pattern interrupt, through doing something to take someone out of their current state of mind. Now, so everyone knows that at some point in your life, when you hear the words from a doctor, I think that you need to look at your options. This conversation is probably not going to end well, right? Right. But I can guarantee you that at that moment, everything in your life has lost all of its, all of its power, all of its, all of its strength. You're not immediately thinking, "Yeah, but I got to pay the bills tonight." Yeah, but House of Cards is coming on Netflix. You're not thinking that. I wonder what Claire is going to do tonight in House of Cards. That's not going through your mind at this point, am I right? Right. Everything stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, in reality, nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is you have now believed something based on a based on five or six words spoken in the right sequence. So, if we look at words with the power. To completely stop someone in their tracks and take that power into your presentations, whether they be live, webinar, video sales letter, doesn't matter. Email, I, I have a whole email course. Same thing. How many emails do you get a day, Kieran? Uh, hundreds. Okay, so <laughs> the average is 172. Isn't that crazy? 100. Now, how many of those do you think go unopened? Oh, 90, 95%. Yeah, roughly 95% go unopened, but even worse than that, 90% of them go unopened and deleted before they were ever read, even the subject line. Right. So they read the from name, and they don't even get to the subject line. So right. people talk about copywriting and email. It's useless unless you have inbo- inbox branding down, which is my term for what we do for email. It's useless. You've got to have a brand that when people see that, your name, when they see Kieran Sweeney coming over, they're going, oh, there's something that fires off very much like I just said, only instead of negative, I think you need to sit down. <laughs> it's something positive, like, I think you need to sit down for this. Uh-huh. Now, I'm using the same words, but my inflection just changed. And in their mind, they see Kieran sweating. oh, wait, I've got to sit down for this. This is going to be good. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to be, but this is going to be good. And then they read your subject line. They're going, oh, my gosh. Okay, now I'm intrigued. i got to open that. So... So in other words, we're walking through patterns. We're, we're we're breaking patterns inside your inbox. And the reason I'm using inbox, I'll get back to the pattern interrupt here in a moment, is because that is the most ideal thing to look at other than text messages for needing to break your pattern. Inbox is by far the worst. There's more inbox noise than anything else. So when you go to a sales page, you're the only sales page that's opened at that time. OK, unless you're a freak of nature and have three monitors with three video sales letters playing. The reason a video sales letter works so well, by the way, is it forces you to listen and read, at least for the first few slides, where a sales page doesn't. You can literally you know, glance right through it, scroll to the bottom, see how much it costs and, and, and reject the offer. But you are focused on one thing at one time. Even then, you only have a maximum, if you're very lucky, of 10 percent of the people hitting that page to, to really engage with that page. In email, it's infinitely worse. You have yeah. 100 and your percentage of emails go way down. It's like one, two percent, and so you got to ask yourself, what is creating that desire in you, or your user, to open Kieran Sweeney versus open, you know, Walmart, or open Bob Smith? What is creating that? That is called an inbox brand, and the inbox brand is firing off one of those four centers of your brain: a want. I, you know, I, I want something from this. I need something from this. These are two different psychologies, by the way. Want and need could not be more. They sound like the same thing, but they're not. I'll talk about that. I'm afraid of something, which is unfortunately 75% of our psychology, and I need it fixed. And I know I need to do something. That's the action. So one of those four things is firing off. So you somebody might say, no, I opened Kieran Sweeney because I like him. Oh, really? Why do you like him? Well, because, you know, he talks about really cool stuff. Well, what's cool about it? Helps my business, so you you want your business to grow, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just cut through the four layers of the psychology there and get down. To, I'm opening this because I want my business to grow. They like you because you help them grow their business, and because you're a nice guy. Okay, so all that's in there. But if they don't know you, they don't know that you're a nice guy. They could you be a total stranger to them if you help them grow your business, grow their business. They don't care. Right. Underneath the growth of that business, there's a need. Mm-hmm. So okay, well, why do you want to grow your business? well because you know i have a family well why do you have a family what do you mean why do i have a family well why is that important well because i i need well i i need to love people oh so so love is a need that you have so you want to grow your business but you need to feel loved what else do you need i need to feel relevant Oh, relevance is kind of important, don't you think? Yeah. So what happens if you combine those two things, the need for relevance and the desire to grow your business? And you combine that into one sentence, and it's the first sentence. It's like, have you ever wanted to make a real difference in the world by expanding your, you know, you, do, you could use to Like, have you ever wanted to make a real difference in the world? I'm betting everyone is saying yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. What if I told you
2: you could make a real difference in the world by increasing your bottom line by a mere 10%. Would you be interested in knowing how? Yeah. Better yet, would you be interested in knowing how I did increase my bottom line by 10% and how you can do it too? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what am I doing here? Uh, okay, so so I'm asking three questions that almost everyone's going to say yes to.
1: Well, let's hold on to three questions because we have to go to break. But this is like, if you're listening to this, you are getting the the absolute essence of brilliance of Uh, online marketing so stay with us because what we're getting here is masterful this is stuff you'll pay thousands of dollars for so keep listening because we've got we're going to come back we're going to have 14 minutes of just absolute juice and good good stuff John this is brilliant we'll be right back you're listening to key entrepreneurs of influence with Kieran Sweeney and our guest today is John Benson we'll be right back
0: Are you challenged in business? Want to double your revenues? Want to work less and earn more? Breakthrough 90 Coaching by Kieran Sweeney is a unique accelerated process that guides entrepreneurs on creating seven-figure revenue businesses. Contact Kiran at bt90coaching.com or visit our website at bt90coaching.com. You may also call 778-888-5837 right now. Break through the barriers of mediocrity and create the success you deserve. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. You are listening to Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with Kieran Sweeney. To call into today's program, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or feel free to send an email to Kieran. That's K I E R O N at KieronSweeney.com. Now, back to Key Entrepreneurs of Influence.
1: And welcome back. I'm not going to take up any time with Blab. So, John, pick it up again because we got some really good content coming here. Go ahead, John.
2: All right, so those three questions triggered two of the most obvious, what you want and what do you need. But unless you knew how... What to look for there? You might get with the want. The want's kind of obvious. The needs are underneath the surface, okay? And a lot of times we can use needs without coming out and spelling out, "Hey, do you feel like you want to make a difference in the world? You can be even more subtle than that. But the point is 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 really well crafted emails or and certainly sales letters have all four of these persuasion triggers built into them. So the next one is fear. So there's what the, what I call latent fear. Uh, think about fears is underneath the surface. So in the, those first three sentences, there's a little bit of latent fear. When I say, do you want to grow your business? There's a fear that's latent under the, there that your business may not be growing. Okay. But we want to be much more specific than that. And and, and Kieran mentioned something to the effect of how, how do you do this without building, uh, without exaggeration or false scarcity. So Kieran, I'm going to walk you through that in, a, in real time. And okay. this is all off the top of my head here. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume that you want to grow your business. Yes. And, and, and so pretend like for a moment that in this email or sales letter that we actually have a dialogue. So in a webinar, this would work great. Same. So before I talk to you about my tip for growing your business by 10%, let me ask you a question. What is the most painful thing about your business right now? The one thing you wish you could change the most when it comes down to business growth, what would that be? And then you would um, answer is in your head, right?
1: Yeah, I'll just say it. So getting getting prospects into a room so that you can show them what you can do for their business.
2: So I can just imagine, and I'm sure you can too, what it must feel like to walk into a room that you've worked so hard to get your prospects to fill it up and to walk in and there's three people. Have you ever had that happen? Four sure. Three. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know about you, but that it, it, that's a lot more terrifying than walking on stage and speaking in front of a, a stage of thousands. It's more terrifying to speak into a stage of four because in that moment, you not only think, oh my gosh, am I going to lose money? But you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm not nearly as cool as I think I am. People are not resonating with this message. Ooh. Am I off target? I mean, this could really lead me down a road to where, I don't know, I may have to quit this job and go look for work. In the- Do you see what I'm doing here? Ooh. Have I exaggerated at all? Ooh, ooh. No, No,
1: you're telling it the way it is. No. I mean, no, you're asking a question to elicit what the, what the challenge is, and then right. you're just saying you're relating to it. Right. Now yeah. I'm
2: going to go one step further. And at this point you're going to think, oh my gosh, she's gotten off the rails. So I'm going to go, but you know, it, it gets even worse than that. It really can. And here's what I mean. Did you realize, do you know that, that 96% of all entrepreneurs fail within the first six months of starting a business? Now we don't want that to happen to you, but a lot of these people that do fail end up going back in the corporate world and believe it or not, Marital rates in the corporate world for people who came from the entrepreneurial world are four times more likely to end in divorce, eight times more likely to end in medication for depression, even suicide. Now, how deep down the fear hole am I going at this point? Pretty deep. (laughs) Okay. Now, I literally have taken you from filling a room to suicide. Right. Right. Now, I'm not suggesting, I mean, I, I, would I write copy like that? Probably with a little fan, you know, finessing because I'm literally off the top of my head here. But the point is, I am in no way exaggerating. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm pulling those stats, by the way. Stats are, are remo- remotely accurate, but they're not totally accurate. The point is, I would pull stats that were completely accurate, backed by, did you know, a study done in the, in the Journal of Blah 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 said this. Now, I am building fear, rightfully so. Because I'm going to say, so if you do not take action today on this, understand that those fears are not, I wouldn't say those fears, but you, so understand that everything I just talked about is only going to get worse. Things in our universe do not tend to get better on their own. The law of entropy comes in and things tend to get worse. We live in a chaotic universe. Fortunately, I've got a really good solution for this. One that's going to make you blank, 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 and blank. Now all I've done is I've just flipped the entire coin into I'm going back to once. I've got a solution. Oh, I want that solution. And all I'm doing is doing a dance between those. And now I can attach fully to the pleasures. And having that solution is going to give you more freedom, more time to spend with your kids, your family, people you love down the line. So I'm building a case for learning everything. And I haven't told you anything yet. Okay, I haven't told you anything yet other than I'm reaffirming, and please underline this if you're taking notes, I am reaffirming the consequence. I'm reaffirming everything that you currently believe because unless you feel understood, you will never become a customer. You must, I, I, this is my mantra, I, a lot of my students have it on their desks, <laughs> uh, that your most important goal as a marketer is to make your prospect feel completely understood. Right. right. That is it. So, so, so you might think it is to make the sale. Yes. I mean, people can argue that from a, uh, somewhat of a, a, um, a stripped down version of that more lofty truth, if you will. But it still comes down to the point of they're not going, you're not going to make the sale unless your, your prospect feels as understood as you can possibly make the, so, so to make someone feel understood, you, you validate their feelings just like you do in a, think of this as a relationship. You know, the worst, and Kieran, you know this because we met under this under this this pretext that I'm writing a book on, on love and relationships. And one of the most important things to do in relationships is to hear the other person, to make them feel heard and seen to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. to give them that gift. You cannot make someone feel heard nor seen if you invalidate their feelings, no matter how logical the feelings may be. Now, you can certainly, by validation of their feelings, go, I, that must feel terrible. That must feel scary. I'm not saying I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, come on, cheer up. I'm literally leaning into their pain and saying, that must feel really terrifying. What do you need right now? And oftentimes, uh, as you know, a woman will say, I just need to feel heard. Uh-huh. I need exactly what you're giving me. They don't want an answer. They don't want us to come in and mansplain. They don't want us to come in and solve the you know, Superman save the day. Sometimes they do. And so it's really cool. So what do you need? Help. <laughs> you know, hold me. You know, so they're giving you your customers are gonna do the same thing. If you sit there and say, I, I, I this must feel really terrible. I know. And here's where you build rapport rapport. I know because I've been there myself. And so if you're kicking yourself or feeling bad about feeling this or you don't, because I've been there myself. Now, that's where you can come in and say, let me just change this. I don't feel this way. Uh, But you're validated their feelings. Let me lift you up a little bit here and share that I felt the same way. And sometimes jokingly in coffee, I'll carry that further. And I'll go, you know, sometimes if you want to go on and feel that I'll say this toward the end. I was like, look, if you want to go on and feel what you're feeling, you have every right to feel exactly what you feel. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you don't have a right to feel exactly what you're feeling because you do. If, however, you feel it's time to move beyond it, that you want to change it, that you want to feel better, is that something you want? If so, I've got something that I think is going to really appeal to you. So so, so that I'm just setting up a pitch, right? But I'm giving them permission to continue feeling miserable if they want to. They can do that. And so again, what am I doing there psychologically? Psychology psychologically speaking up, what I'm doing there is giving permission to be in the state that they're in, but giving them the open door to move through it. So I'm opening a door but it's a permission-based door. It's a permission yeah. for what we call it permission-based marketing. Do you mind if I share this with you, right? So that so dealing with like issues of false scarcity and things like that, which we'll touch on very briefly because I know our time is limited. Um most marketers will use at some point they'll do the pitch and I wish we had time to go into this. You'll have to, uh, you guys, you need my course. If you want to get through the, the nuts and bolts of this, because there's no way to cover it in an hour, it's impossible. But the bottom line is unless you are able to close the deal, like everything I just did is awesome. <laughs> it's going to really build rapport. And if you get to the offer and go, Oh, and here's my offer. I hope you buy it. Thanks very much. What are your odds of getting a sale? Next to, next to nothing. Yeah, next to nothing. Right. So, so, look, you have to do this in a way that builds the case to say, not only do I have a solution, I personally believe I have the only solution. Ugh. I have the only solution that speaks to all of these concerns that you, because again, if they're there at that point, you have spoken to all their concerns. Right. So, if you've done your job right. So I have the, so you, they already kind of feel, oh, this is, this is the guy that's got the, or the girl has got the answer to my problems. Okay. So, but you're building the case and then you get down to scarcity. All, this is just a fact. You need to say at some point, look, this offer is going to go away in X amount of days. So there's all sorts of ways that you can do that and do that ethically. For example, um, we have, we use a, 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 a script that basically removes bonuses. And we say, look, if if you'll do me a favor and do yourself a favor. So what did I just do there? If you do me a favor and more importantly, do yourself a favor. So just that little turn of phrase. I mean, so this is how copy is a science and an art. Right. So if you'll do me a favor, why would I? Because most people would shy away from do me a favor because it's like, oh, I don't want to do you a favor. I don't even know you. no. Humans have a desire to be altruistic. Humans have a desire to do that. Remember that term relevance that we talked about? They mm-hmm. have a desire to be relevant. Oh, I'm helping this person. It's inside there. Now, in some people, it's almost microscopic. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the Donald Trumps of the world, it's pretty microscopic. The, 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 other people, the, you know, the other people of the world, it's bigger. You know, it's like the Mother Teresa of the world, probably a, a little bit larger. So. Yeah. What I'm saying is in between there is do me a favor. Oh, more importantly, do yourself a favor. All I did, I just erased that in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. So do yourself a favor and act on this because here's my thing. I like to reward people that become my A-list clients, the, the, the fast action takers, that, folks like you that have heard this message and know that this is for you. And just to reward you, I want to give you this bonus. But I'm only going to give this bonus to the people that deserve to be rewarded in that fair? So if you act within the next minutes, you get this bonus. If not, I'm going to have to remove that bonus and give that to the next person who acts. You know, Do you see what I'm doing here? And I'm building oh. ethical scarcity. And I believe in having deadlines and, and saying, look, and this offer will go completely away, off the table in X amount of time. So I'm only – and then I just take it off the table. And and then I just I put it back on the market later, so those are just quick ways to do ethical ethical scarcity. The the, the you know you need to do price drops, so you do values. So how much is this product worth? How much are you going to sell it for? Those are very important things to do. Doing a price drop to give people a, you know, a context for the cost. Um, I'm covering as much persuasion as I possibly possibly can. I will I will conclude by we've we've done once fears needs and the actions. I'm actually somebody asking someone to take an action right now, but inside of an email, and if you go to emailcopypro.com, you will get my email version of this stuff where it's all built in and it teaches you. But more importantly than that, actually, the software actually does a lot of the hard work for you, which will save you a lot of time when it comes down to writing emails. But when you get to an action, you want a micro commitment, as simple as a click, as simple as a "go here now." You want to give the brain a relief of the tension. Think of this if you're a musician and you're playing a major scale and you get to the seventh note of the scale and you're just dying for that eighth note to, to be heard. Or if you if you go to church and you hear that the church hymn and it always ends in a suspended four where you hear the, suspension, the suspended chord and you're dying for that resolution of the very last chord that you hear. That's what a click is. It's resolving the tension that you've built through the wants, needs, and fears. So... An action resolves that. If you don't ask for an action, the, the the your prospect will feel like they're being left on a on a suspended on uh, a suspended cord, <laughs> to where yes. they don't get the resolution that they need. So that is the four states of uh, what I call uh, persuasion triggers, and all of that is in, in, inside email copy pro for email. Celerator.com for sales letters and video sales letters. So that's S E L L E R A T O R.com. Awesome.
1: So say them both again. So we got e- uh, email copy. What is it? Email copy pro. Email copy pro.com. Pro.
2: Yes. Email and, copy pro.com.
1: And then seller as right? You're
2: right. Celerator. S E L L E R A T O R.com. Or just go to videosalesletters.com.
1: And you get both. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you have to buy them separately at this, at this time. All, all items sold separately. Um, awesome. Yeah, yes. But let me just say this for, in, in close if I can. Just bear in mind that this, these two courses are the Ferraris and Lamborghinis of, of the internet marketing world. They are not cheap. They're not $30 courses that you can buy on, on uh, Warrior Form. This is a deep dive into the psychology of sales. But ethical persuasion and yeah. ethical persuasion yeah. is something I persuasion. believe in.
1: Cool. Well, listen, John, we've got to wrap up. but Thank you so much. And uh, everybody, you can, you can also find John on LinkedIn. And if you have any more questions, uh, just uh, reach out. And uh, he's easy to find. Just type John, J-O-N, Benson into the Internet and kaboom, he's everywhere. So, John, we'll see you soon. Uh, we'll get together and talk more. And I appreciate you taking the time for, to be on the show. Everybody, have a great week. Uh, our next show next week will be on... July 4th, and we'll be running a special show. And the week after that, we've got a shark! Yes, Kevin Harrington will be joining us from the Shark Tank. So, let's uh, have a great week. Go out there and make it happen, everybody. This is Kieran Sweeney. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining Kieran Sweeney and Key Entrepreneurs of Influence. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition of the program next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a good week.